This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Hello, everyone. It is once again the Texas Gentleman Tanner Pruitt here with yet another episode of Radio Techers. Uh, We're happy to have you join us today, whoever you are, wherever you are, as we've got a lot to talk about, it seems. Uh, Gareth Bale and Regulon joining Spurs, uh, Thiago Alcantara and Diogo Jota joining Liverpool, as well as a lot of Premier League action. It's been a, a frantic weekend as far as football is concerned, with three games having seven goal, three three games, seven goals apiece uh, for, for all of those games. Uh, quite fascinating stuff here uh, with, uh, with all the action and all the goals, and uh, a great conversation, as always, with Mags. Um, we also cover the Liverpool-Chelsea game, obviously, and uh, yeah, talk about all the rest of the action in the Premier League. So this will be a lot of good stuff, and uh, we really hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to podcasts, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, or anywhere else for that matter. We would greatly appreciate that. And feel free to leave us a rating and review. We would love to be number one in those sports charts, for sure. Uh, that being said, if you are uh, going to subscribe, make sure to also subscribe to Shooting the Sports-ish on YouTube, where you can actually see a video of Mags and I doing this exact episode. Uh, this is actually quite a lot of fun, and uh, we would love uh, for you to have a chance to actually uh, view us on YouTube. There's also a lot of great other shows on Shooting the Sports-ish, uh, like uh, Takes on Stakes, uh, uh, which is a, a sports betting, so it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with a little bit of what we do here. Uh, Mags also does Five Rounds podcast for UFC uh, fight coverage. Um, you also have uh, the Sports Market with Cam, Southern Showdown with Tony and Steven. Uh, Steven also does Raw Views uh, for uh, pro wrestling coverage. And then also Quick Slants, which is uh, also another uh, Tony uh, production. So uh, lots of great content, and there's even more coming up as the days go by. Uh, Fantasy with the Toms is also really, really fun if you're into fantasy NFL uh, football. So yeah, good stuff there. So make sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well for shooting the sports-ish when you go and check out myself and Mags having a good time talking about some football. Anyway, that's enough of me talking. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Radio Techers, R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S, and I hope you enjoy today's show.
everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of Radio Techers. I am, of course, the Texas gentleman, Tanner Pruitt, and as always with me, my good friend and co-host, Sir Mags. Mags, how are you doing today? I'm doing really, really well. Very tired. Watched uh, three games of football back to back to back after a, a very long UFC event last night. But yeah, uh, what a day, what a weekend of football we've had. Uh, <laughs> we thought the first week was uh, was kind of out there, but Jesus Christ, this one said, hold my beer. Uh, <laughs> th- three seven goal thrillers. It's just, it's unreal. It's been an unreal weekend of football. Absolutely, plenty of ground to cover. Plenty of ground to cover, and and uh, as as you noted here, Mags, uh, you are the hardest working man in content creation. Uh, so I'm I'm glad I that you don't think that's true. <laughs> I'm glad that you were able to make it in today. Um, so I guess let's start with uh, one of these seven goal thrillers here that you spoke of, Mags. Uh, Everton versus West Brom. Uh, we said on Thursday's episode that uh, West Brom has a lot to be scared of, and uh, rightfully so. They should, they definitely should have been. Uh, Scoreline 5-2 to two for Everton uh, with uh, Calvert-Lewin scoring a hat trick. Uh, quite a performance from that from that young man. He seems to be quite the good fit for Everton right now. Yeah, I, and we spoke about it uh, last week. How he he's very much in the style of a, an old school Everton forward, uh, very tall, very ranger. Uh, and if he could get more crosses for the headers, he'd be he'd be almost in the same vein as Duncan Ferguson. And he absolutely proved it in in this game against West Brom. Uh, to be fair. To West Brom, they started really bright as well. I thought uh, they they looked a much more confident side than they did in the, in the first game. Uh, Dean Garner's uh, goal at, uh, on on ten minutes was absolutely brilliantly taken. But once uh, once Everton kind of got their their foot on the gas, there was just no stopping them. They were just superb again. It's it's a it's a total night and day kind of team compared to how they were last season. Absolutely, and 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 we saw a lot more of the same um, from Ducore, uh, from Allen, uh, from Andre Gomez, and of course from Jaimez Rodriguez, who again he was placed on the wing, but he is again just going through these channels here where he can find space in the midfield as well. And sometimes slides right in over into that number ten spot, and has been feeding them very very well. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it seems as though. Um, West Brom was able to pull back a couple of goals. Uh, did um, did West Brom maybe find some kind of, um, uh, I guess, weakness in Everton's armor here by pulling back two goals where Spurs couldn't? Um, I, you know, I don't think you can call it. I think uh, they call Everton maybe napping for the first goal. Mm. Uh, the second goal was a, was obviously a, a well-taken free kick with uh, Pereira. I don't think many keepers in the Premiership would have would have stopped that. But outside outside that, West Brom didn't have a lot of action. It was very much uh, uh, an Everton Everton day. They did they did really really well. Um, and something that we kind of touched on last game uh, about uh, Richarlison and and the way uh, he struggles to finish. In, even in this game, he still struggled. But Everton kind of changed the way they played by having someone ready to pick up the the loose ball once uh, once Richardson made a hash of his shot or <laughs> um, 
and and it worked. They scored three goals from doing that exact same uh, same tactic. So yeah, it's a, it was a really well well played uh, performance by Everton. Uh, Calvert Lewin absolutely outstanding. Rodriguez outstanding. Um, even drawing the foul and getting Gibbs sent off, and yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was interesting. And then Bilic getting sent off uh, after the 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 halftime whistle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Uh, West Brom still need to be going back to the drawing board and 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 looking at how they can kind of recover from this because this was a mauling. It was. It absolutely was. And I'm glad that you said that, Mags, because I'm about to go over the stats line here. Uh, <laughs> Your favorite. <laughs> uh, Everton, 17 shots to West Brom's six. Seven shots of those are on target. Uh, so maybe slightly wasteful on Everton's part. Um, uh, uh, but, I mean, look, they were taking plenty of chances, it seems. Mm-hmm. Uh, 72% possession for Everton uh, compared to 28% uh, to West Brom. Um, here's here's the startling stat that gets me, Mags. <laughs> Two stats, actually. Um, 72% possession uh, to, to 28, as I previously noted, but, but the two, the, the pass stats is what gets me 799 passes from Everton, 322 from West Brom and Everton wow. secured a 90% pass accuracy rating compared to 78% uh, possession. So not only is Everton, I guess more of a well-oiled machine. Did they get like the, the the midfield well stocked, and are they playing on a different level? Um, they are. They are doing it with accuracy in their passing game. Mm-hmm. It's clinical. It's absolutely clinical, and it's something they were definitely lacking last season uh, alongside someone who, who can put the ball in the net. And like we we mentioned, it seems that they've they've plugged all the kind of holes in the game. Um, Obviously, uh, West Brom aren't going to be the hardest team that they face, and they, they're going to have to um, work a lot harder against the likes of uh, Liverpool and City, uh, Man United, etc. But this is a cracking start to a season for Everton, and uh, Calvert Lewin's hat trick just—it's just the net, the acid on a on a really good cake. Mm, indeed, a very tasty cake. Uh, <laughs> a very for, delicious cake <laughs> for for the Evertonians out there. <laughs> um, let me see here. After this seven goal thriller, we got yet another seven goal thriller in the form of Leeds United versus Fulham. Uh, we discussed previously that Leeds. Um, Leeds should be rightfully so terrifying the rest of the Premier League here, um, and they came up against a Fulham side that didn't look quite in the best shape against Arsenal, uh, but Fulham did seem to show up here. Uh, I mean, did you ex- did you feel surprised by Tony Khan's Everton, or, or Fulham side rather, uh, showing up very prominently late in the game? Um, I, I, I wasn't surprised if you watched, uh, if you watched the, the whole of the game, mm. Leeds defense w- uh, were sloppy. Uh, I don't think, uh, Robin Cock has settled in, uh, mm. very well. He made a couple of, uh, mistakes. He gave away the, the penalty for Mitrovic's first goal. Um, I think that Hernandez was brought in to maybe kind of shore that defense up, uh, with, uh, Struik being dropped. Uh, I don't think it worked. I think Leeds... Looked absolutely amazing going forward, but they look so vulnerable uh, in defence. And I think that, if anything, is going to be their undoing. Uh, the fact that they they seem 
very leaky at the back. Uh, Mitrovic obviously was was outstanding. He was everything that, that Fulham were looking for. A great target man. Uh, he's got power. The header that he scored uh, for the third goal was was absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, this this was about Leeds's dominant uh, forward lineup again. Uh, Held Acosta got uh, two really good goals. Uh, Bamford again proving that he he can hang in the Premiership. Uh, I just I just think Leeds, if they are going to be the force that that we know they can be, they need to kind of show that defence up. Um, mm. Otherwise, the the better teams are going to punish them even more. I mean, we saw that with Liverpool. Liverpool uh, was were easily able to stroke four past them, and if a, a very weak Fulham team struggled against Arsenal, but then could put three in against uh, Fulham. If if you get uh, teams that are able to stop this front line of Leeds and still be able to score goals, it, it could be some very, very hard game for, for Leeds coming up. Yeah, I mean, I, I would certainly agree with that particular point. I mean, what does uh, what what does Bielsa do to shore up this lead side here? Because he was full on in his paces, just walking up and down uh, the pitch, very, very worried uh, for his team. Um, it, this is not necessarily how I think that he foresaw this game going, and I think that he will be pretty... Um, uh, unimpressed that his team let go of two goals uh, when they did, um, and and really had to grind out a result right to the end there. Yeah, I think I think the the main problem that they had was they were playing so high up the pitch, um, and when when Fulham got the the second goal, um, they were there was no kind of change in in that formation. Uh, which which is weird for a Bielsa team because he normally kind of has like a, a tactic for every kind of situation, but there was there was no change. I also don't think that the 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 defenders, uh, the centre backs especially, uh, are quite used to the pace of the the Premier League game. I know Robin Cott really struggled. I think he, mm-hmm. he, he was him that gave away the penalty when he uh, when he fouled uh, Brian. Um, and Hernandez wasn't the the person that Bielsa was hoping he would be in replacing Struik. So maybe if he looks to bring in some more um, some 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 defenders that are more used to playing the game in in the Premier League, um, that that could probably help. Because like we said, going forward, they they're a joy to watch. Mm. It's just when when they haven't got the ball, they they they, they look rattled. Yes. They they absolutely do look rattled and and, and I'm and I'm not sure what Bielsa has to do. I mean it it seems as though like you said the center backs don't look entirely settled. I think they really do miss Ben White, you know who who was a major part mm-hmm. of their success uh, in yeah. the championship. And uh, yeah, it just um, I, I'm not I'm not quite sure what tweaks he has to make, but I'm sure a manager of his caliber he's definitely got at least plans. Uh, he, he's he's definitely going to go back to the drawing board and figure this one out. Um, Fulham have a pretty big test coming up here soon. Um, with um, let me pull up the schedule here real quick. Da, 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 da. Um, with with I mean it's Aston Villa, but being down two games here. Um, I mean, can Fulham pull one back against Aston Villa next Monday? Um. Possibly, I think they they have a lot of uh, a lot of positives to come from this game, especially after the lackluster display against Arsenal. 
Uh, I think they, they really showed some promise in this game. And if they can kind of build on that, shore up their, their defence. Uh, and yeah, I think it, it's still going to be a hard season for Fulham. Don't get me wrong. They, mm-hmm. This is not... Uh, this is not not a sign that the there's light at the end of the tunnel. They're still going to have to graft really hard, but it shows that they can still they can still score goals. And as we've seen with uh, with VAR over not only this weekend but the first weekend, uh, that can be a massive massive advantage to you. So it, it's not as open and shut as I, as I would have thought at the beginning of the season that Fulham are going to go down. I think there's still there's still hope for them. Um, they just need to stop being so leaky at the back. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you could potentially say that about pretty much every team because uh, there is very few clean sheets. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you said the words leaky at the back because we're moving on to Manchester United versus Crystal Palace here. And uh, <laughs> just, I mean... <sighs> Letting go of goals when you really don't have to just seems like <laughs> the Manchester United way nowadays, it seems. Mm-hmm. Especially against an unexpected Crystal Palace side. And I think Wilfred Zaha had something to prove here against his former club. But, goodness, I certainly didn't see it going down this way. No. Uh, and the issue was, I think the game changed once the, the penalty uh, was given. Um um, was it a penalty? I don't know. I don't even think it, it was. And this is where uh, it's all well and good having the VAR. It's it's been um, it's been re- really interesting to see like the 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 changes in in referee decisions. But I think sometimes common sense must prevail. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that I, I didn't feel that that this should have been a penalty. And then. To, to kind of compound it once uh once De Gea saved the penalty and then it had to be retaken because he was an inch off the, off the line I think again common sense would have any any other time that would have just been just been the end of it mm-hmm. uh, and I think that really kind of put a downer on on Man United once once they once they were two 0 down it was a, a real struggle for them I think. Um, uh, Van der Beek uh, did well. It, uh, his goal was really well taken, but I th- you hit the nail on the head. It was this was about Zahar wanting to prove something, and he absolutely did. I think he was he was outstanding. The the issue I think that United have, have had is is they had seventeen shots, but mm. only four shots on target. That mm-hmm. for a Man United squad for the players that they've got uh, is woeful. It's absolutely woeful. And um, we've spoke about uh, how you know <laughs> have been struggling in the transfer market and they they need to do something quickly because otherwise Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is gonna lose his job because this this is not the Man United team that will put up with a manager uh, losing matches like that. So mm-hmm. it was a great win for, for Palace Oak. to go to Old Trafford and, and, and pick up the victory. That's outstanding. Well played to them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes the, the most sense to me that uh, uh, good old Ole is going to be um, hopefully not on the chopping block. I, I would like, I don't wish anybody to, to, to lose their, their job like that, especially nowadays. Um, but it, this does not seem like they are clicking right now. Um, 
I, I'm glad that you brought up the stats line. I really am, because uh, I want to take a little bit of a closer look here. Uh, we talked about how efficient and uh, and um, how accurate Everton are now. Um, let's take a look at Manchester United stats here. As you pointed out, 17 shots with only four shots on target. Manchester United held up 76% possession. Uh, and to, to get beat 3-1 and have three quarters of the ball, that's that's horrific. Yeah, uh, seven hundred and three passes. So it, it it's it's very indicative of uh, to, to to look at them and say, what are you doing with all this time and 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 just with all these passes here? It seems like you're not very productive at all. Um, I, is this because um, <laughs> is it is it because it. I'm I'm baffled, Mags. Like 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 normally, yeah, I'm not I, seeing these stat lines from Manchester United. It's not what you expect from for, historically. Man United have been a scary team to go to. Yeah, uh, and and you would expect them to to have absolutely demolished this uh, Crystal Palace team. With the, I mean, you've you've got players like Pogba, Rashford, Martial. They 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 were toothless. They they were limited in the first half to long range shots from uh, from McTominay, which. This United, this United squad should be able to rip defenders apart, and there's just no confidence in the squad at all. Uh, and then when you've got De Gea making uh, making the mistakes that he's been making, it's just yeah, it, it, this just doesn't seem like the Man- Manchester United team of old. And I think it might be time for for fans to to maybe realise you're not. You're not the dominant force in in British football anymore. Mm, it's music to my ears, Mags. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I did hear a, a, a very interesting stat as well whilst I was watching the Chelsea Liverpool game. Mm. Uh, in the 15 games that have been played so far, there's been 10 away victories. Mm-hmm. Now um, that that seems unheard of, absolutely like a, a shocking kind of statistic, but I think. It's because there's no fans, mm-hmm. and the the, the 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 away teams are not kind of like going into these these cauldrons of hate, and they're not intimidated. Uh, the fact that they, they, it's just literally eleven players versus eleven players, mm-hmm. it's giving the away teams a lot of confidence, and yeah, it's making for a really interesting uh, season so far. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. I mean, it's it, without the fans, it's almost like every ground is neutral ground. I know they're piping in like the the, the noise and 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 the songs and the chants and stuff like that. Um, but it's it, this is very much a proving ground. You know, it's 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 make or break. You know, the, you we we have a very rare opportunity here to really see which teams are class and which teams are not. And uh, quite clearly. Manchester United did not show very much class at all uh, against this Crystal Palace team. Um, let's move on here to something that was more of a cagey affair, I feel. Uh, West Ham United versus Arsenal. Uh, my friend and co-host from Headlock Talk, Steven, he wanted to watch the Arsenal game. I said, sure, why not? Um, and uh, this was not... Um, this was not silky smooth Arsenal football by any stretch of the imagination, um, no. and I think West Ham made it that way, Mags. Yeah, I, f- I think West Ham can feel very aggrieved with the scoreline. Yeah. Um, I think uh, when uh, Lacazette scored, it was very, very much against the run of play. West Ham really dominated that first half an hour. 
the the goal at, at half time from Antonio was well deserved. They absolutely uh, played their their hearts out, and then when he hit the bar in the second half. I thought this is where uh, West Ham are gonna are gonna come good. I mean, we we absolutely rinsed West Ham for for their performance last week, mm-hmm. and they really kind of did come well. Uh, but then the 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 killer of uh, the uh, Danny Celibus to and uh, a goal after they were arguing the the week prior uh, to then come together and, and and finish the game off. Uh, yeah, it's a this for me. Is when you can you can say that a team are, are going to do well. Uh, it's for me a mark of a of a of a team that that you can feel confident in is when they can still grind out victories even though they didn't play very well. And I don't think Arsenal played well at all, uh, but they still come away with three points. And that's how you you translate um, poor performances into still picking up points it's a uh it's a skill that that chelsea uh, had when they were were dominant it's how leicester kind of won the league when they were having weak performances but they had all, they rode a lot of luck and, and got uh got uh, a lot of victories that maybe they shouldn't have done liverpool again uh, at the the back end of last season uh they still got uh, results when they didn't play particularly well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that looks like a, a characteristic that, that uh, Arteta is bringing to Arsenal, that even if you're not uh, exactly dominated a game, you're still dangerous enough that you you could possibly take the points. And they, they very much proved that. I, I would agree. Um, it, it... Arsenal got pretty lucky right there at the end, scoring a goal in the 85th minute uh, to take this game here. Um, Mikhail Antonio uh, for West Ham started up front. He's kind of played in every possible position you can imagine uh, for West Ham United. Um, I would not be surprised if he doesn't have a stint in the goal. (laughs) <laughs> or, or as manager for that for that matter he, yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> um they need it um is is he the right answer here in this case because i think that we had talked about um on on previous occasions here um uh haller being um sebastian haller uh not starting and him kind of being missing here in this line of efforts uh, west ham spent so much money on him um I, I, I guess is, I guess what's the logic here in the, in these tactics here, Mags? Yeah, uh, I think Haller only came on for the last couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Anton uh, Mikel Antonio is a great target man. Uh, he was he was the guy that that basically kept West West Ham in the in the league last season. If it wasn't for his goals uh, towards the back end of last season. West Ham would have been dragged into a, a very much a, a relegation battle. So, I think it's only right that you stick with stick with him uh, as as your, your target man. But what what he does need, he needs support from the rest of his team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he can't do it all on his own, and he, he does need guys like uh, Haller and Fornos to step up and and kind of like help help with that goal tally, or even help just supply him with the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, but Mikel Antonio is definitely the 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 guy who West Ham need to be leading on for for the the majority of the goals. I, the I w- will be keeping him fit. I think. <laughs> yeah, no, I I absolutely uh, I absolutely agree there. I, I think that he looked very very good. He was very disruptive uh, on, on uh, for Arsenal's back line, and um, 
yeah, I, I felt as though he was the right man leading the line there. But yes, I, I would certainly say that he needs more support from somewhere. Um, yeah. It seems possible that that may not come from Declan Rice, who did wear the captain's armband yesterday um, He for his 100th appearance. Um, it has been long been rumored that he might also be going to Chelsea. Um, do you see that as a possibility, or is he staying put, Mags? Um, I think that they, they need Declan Rice. Um yeah, I think Declan Rice will will end up going uh, to Chelsea. He's, like I said, it's been very long rumoured. Chelsea, uh, after today's performance, still mm-hmm. have work to do. Um, so yeah, it makes sense. It's a it's a, a decent signing for for Chelsea. It keeps them uh, in 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 terms of having English players in in the squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, one one person who I were I was not impressed with, uh, mm. even though we we're, were impressed with him last week, is a. Uh, Gabriel Magalesh, I think he had mm. a very poor game. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially gave should have given away two penalties, and I think West Ham could be very aggrieved that they didn't at least get one of them. The the, the handball where his his arms were almost out in like a T shape, <laughs> um, they, that was worse than the Man United one, and the Man United one was given. Uh, and then there was the the, the tackle. Uh, earlier than that, which was waved off. Yeah, I think uh, I think he he struggled today. Did uh, I, I struggled this weekend? Did did Magalash? I think he did as well, and I'm not I'm not super surprised by this here. Um, I, I think that um, Mikel Antonio, like I said, he was so disruptive to pretty much every center back option uh, mm-hmm. that Arsenal had yesterday, and it it. I think he still needs betting in. I I, th- I think that that's long been a thing with Arsenal center backs is that they always take a lot of time to get used to and adjusted to the system, whether it's yeah. Arsens, whether it's Unai Emery's, whether it's going to be Mikel Arteta's, uh, or even the next manager, most likely. Uh, for whatever reason, it takes a long, long time for the center backs to get bedded in, and I think that's just an intrinsic part of how Arsenal play. They always play this pass-move style, this total football style, t- uh, tiki-taka-esque um, uh, form of, of, of pass-and-move and, and p- possession-based play. Um, I... I <sighs> they've had some really world-class players and it seems like whenever they leave, they always start to shine a little bit more because that system just isn't, um, I don't know. It, it just doesn't, uh, it's not beneficial if you're, if you're playing in defense. I don't know. Yeah. I think you make sense. Uh, they, they do take uh, a while for, for defenders to, to bed in at Arsenal. Uh, and perhaps it is because of the way that they play. Um, the, the thing is, the game is so fast now that they haven't got that time to yes. to allow someone to take a while betting in. I mean, we, we've seen that uh, today with, with Chelsea. They're going to need uh, Chilwell and, and, and Silva to, to hit the ground running. Um, so, yeah, I, I think give him a couple more games and 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 he really does need to be being that kind of uh, that centre-back that... that Arsenal need to shore up their defense. Indeed. Uh, let's talk a little bit about another man who is very, very disruptive to some back lines this week. Um, son from Tottenham uh, putting in four goals past Southampton uh, earlier today. God. 
<laughs> that man was an absolute machine today. It was. This was an amazing game to watch. Uh, first half, uh, I felt that Tottenham were incredibly lucky. Uh, they looked frustrated by by Southampton. Uh, there was a, a a point where Kane was 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 risking getting uh, getting sent off because he was diving in uh, on on Kyle Walker Peters hmm. because he was getting so um, so angry that that he just couldn't make a couldn't get he couldn't get hold of the ball. He was having to to go out on the wings to kind of make his own chances. Then you switch to the second half and it was a totally different. It was a, it was a it was a masterclass on being clinical by uh, by Son and by Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, just going back over the the first half, there were three goals I think that that were disallowed. So this could have potentially been a ten goal thriller. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think Southampton was were were well deserved of, of the one the league going going close to the end of the first half and then son obviously with his with his first goal just before the the whistle then coming out straight almost straight after the the the, the kickoff of the second half and, and and putting the second goal away and that's when Southampton's heads went down uh and this was just it was night and day. It was two amazing uh, performances from Kane and 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 Son in the second half. Kane, I think he assisted all four of, of uh, Son's goals, which just shows the kind of chemistry that those two have. There were a, a couple where he he did no look passes, knowing that that Son was going to get on the end of it. It was absolutely an amazing performance in the second half. What was very very interesting though was. That Delhi Ali got dropped after after uh, the performance against Everton, uh, and not even dropped to the bench, dropped from the squad entirely. Uh, that that was a surprise. It's almost like he's the kind of the scapegoat. And to be fair, I don't even think he was the worst player uh, last week. But mm. yeah, I can't fault Son. Son is a bit, he just absolutely ripped Everton apart. In I uh, ripped. Um, um, I forgot the play. Southampton ripped Southampton <laughs> apart. Um, and like I said, it, it was the clinical nature of how he did it. I think he had five shots in total. Getting four goals out of five shots is is outstanding. Uh, yeah. and a great second half performance and a lot to build on for, for Tottenham. I think so. I, I absolutely think so. And I, I definitely think that uh, uh, Sun's always shown this bright bright potential and, and he's got this high ceiling mm-hmm. uh to, to be able to work with here and and he's definitely done very very well today um i i love the point that you made about harry kane because um there are players historically uh and there's many examples of this here uh where maybe the manager rubs off a little bit on the player um, Harry Kane has not historically been a very angry kind of guy, but we've seen him lashing out more and more and become more angry as he goes on. Now, yeah. Jose Mourinho seems to be pretty chilled out here in, in the latter stages of his club managerial career. But what's happened here with Harry Kane? Why is he why is he being like this? And and is it possible that it could be a result of just the way Jose Mourinho manages? I mean, it, it could be. I mean, if if you are the lone striker and you're the kind of seen as as the club guy, as Harry Kane is, is is 
the, uh, the Tottenham fans are always calling him one of their own. Mm-hmm. And you've got that kind of pressure on you and you want to be the, the guy that, that, that gives Tottenham the victories. And when he wasn't able to get hold of the ball and he was having to, 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 to go and uh, chase the ball, mm-hmm. it can be frustrating and I can understand that. And then you add on the fact that he's, what, 27 years old now, still trophyless. Um He's had he's had opportunities to to go to clubs where he, he could have potentially won trophies and and he hasn't he's he's been loyal to Spurs and he's he's been there whilst they've gone so close to being the best team in the league and then they they kind of dropped off over the last couple of seasons so I can I can feel why he would be frustrated um, and then you you see that they they. That Spurs weren't exactly um, lighting fires in the transfer market, um, and you, you can it could be almost kind of like a, a messy issue where he was looking at the at the club and thinking, why why am I here? Why why am I mm-hmm. giving everything I can to this club and and they're not willing to to kind of invest and they're not willing to like support me as as, as the main striker, mm-hmm. uh, but then. He kind of almost has like a, a Jekyll and Hyde kind of character because when the second half happened and, and everything was going right, he was a totally different player and he, he had a big smile on his face. He was playing amazing one-touch football. He just had this uh, instant kind of connection with, with Son and, and life was good. Um, it, it's almost, like I said, a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. And mm. I think if, if Tottenham can get more performances like they did of this second half and a lot less performances of, of the first half and the performance against Everton, Tottenham could could still be there or thereabouts in terms of European places at the end of the season. You used the words, one of their own, and I <laughs> think that uh, they, they've made a transfer... Uh, that is quite interesting. Uh, a couple How of bits. How did I know you would bring this up? <laughs> My God! A, a couple of bits of, of transfer news. Um, well, obviously, uh, you hit the nail on the head on last week's episode, um, the, the Thursday episode, the midweek episode. Uh, Regulion uh, has completed his transfer uh, from Real Madrid, and of course, Gareth Bale has also returned in kind of what is a uh, when worlds collide scenario, because when Gareth Bale left, not very long after that did Harry Kane emerge as Tottenham's uh, guy to take them into the future. Um, now you've got both of these uh, club icons here at the club at the same time together. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you a dumb question, and then I'll ask you a, 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 a probably a somewhat more of a difficult question here, Mags. Um, can Harry Kane and Gareth Bale coexist? And can uh, can Jose Mourinho? Wh- where can Jose Mourinho put Gareth Bale to maximize his potential for Tottenham? Okay, well, we we kind of like uh, touched on this uh, in the previous episode, but looking at how Tottenham played today, you would you would you would think that Harry Kane would be he's the out and out striker. He's mm-hmm. the, he's, he's not really. Uh, capable enough to play as a winger he's mm. he's your target man whereas then you've got son who is he, he's very capable of, of of floating in between winging uh being a winger and being a striker and mm. then obviously we know that uh that bale essentially started off as a defender uh transitioning to being a winger and then uh, at real madrid he was kind of a jack of all trades playing all the way across the front line i mm-hmm. would personally 
uh, I know I mentioned last time that I would give him a free roll. Um, I don't know if I'd, I would do that now. I think I would look at maybe having um, uh, Bale bombing down one wing, Sun down the other, and then a, a central uh, attacker of, of, of Kane. Kind of almost like a, a more structured version of uh, Liverpool's front, front line-up where mm. uh, they kind of feed off each other and, and can all play in, in, in pretty much all positions. I would just have Kane literally as the target man and then Son and, and Bale just switching wings as and, as and when they see fit. Well, there you go. More importantly, can Bale ca- coexist with Harry Kane? I think, I think so. I think Bale. You could put Bale in a in a squad with absolutely anyone, and he would be happy to play just because he's out of his his Real Madrid nightmare. Mm. Um, he I, he he's he seems to be. Uh, very glad to to be back at Tottenham. I mean, I know he's out still for for a few weeks with with injury, which could be a, a big big concern, especially when you're paying almost three hundred thousand pound a week for his for his wages. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and that was obviously the concern as he was at Real Madrid that he, he got injured a lot. But if he stays fit and he's the guy that kind of like feeds feeds uh Harry Kane. I think they're gonna be a, it's gonna be a very fruitful partnership between all three of the 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 Tottenham front line. I feel for Lucas Moore though because uh he's probably not gonna get much game time if Bale stays fit. Yep. Yep, that's my sentiments exactly. Um, I also as well, just before we, we move on, I also yeah. feel for, for Matt Doherty as well. Uh, we mm-hmm. mentioned last week how uh, he was a he's a wing back, he's an out and out wing back. Uh his uh defensive output is not it's not conducive to being a, a, a full on fullback, but he's gonna bomb down the same wing as as, as Gareth Bale and he's not going to get the the opportunities to attack like he does. So it, he's going to have to really quickly transition into that fullback role um, or or it's just not going to work because he, he does leave gaps when he goes forward. Mm. I, I, I see your point for sure. I think that there might be a, something a little bit more tactically um, interesting about Doherty and, I, and, and that I think that Jose Mourinho m- may be more inclined, and and I mean, obviously he sounds like he's been more inclined to play him as a fullback, an out-and-out fullback, more uh, than... than um, than was expected, I think. Um, but I think that he would also serve as a very interesting option as a defensive winger, uh, somewhat um, maybe maybe taking in a little bit more uh, for maybe a, a substitution maybe for maybe a Gareth Bale or maybe a Son perhaps, just depending on what side of the pitch that he wants to be on. Um, or, you know, uh, or, or maybe just shift around the formations a little bit. I, I do think that that could also be an option for him. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, it, it'll be interesting because um, Mourinho has been playing this kind of a, a lopsided uh, kind of formation where the, the he has a, a wing-back on one side and then an out-and-out out, uh, full-back on the opposite side. Uh, and it's, it's interesting if he'll, if he'll keep with that formation or if he'll, he'll change to fit Gareth Bale in. Yeah, I think so, man. Um, let's move along here to, uh, our, our second to last game that we'll give coverage on here. Um, 
I, I wonder what we're going to cover last. <laughs> let me think. <laughs> um, let me see here. We we saw actually a very very um, good Brighton side actually put up a pretty competitive fight against Chelsea uh, last week, um, and this week they seem to really put Newcastle United to the sword, um, which seemed to be pretty unexpected from me at least. Um, I mean, Mags, where did this where did this outpour of goals come from? I have absolutely no idea, but I'm <laughs> I'm here for it. it it's come from from these uh, these uh, pitch side monitors where the referee can can look at what decisions they've made and and change them uh, willy nilly. It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 something that I was kind of very uh, against uh, the use of VAR. I thought it would be. Uh, an issue where we'd have too many stops and starts to the games, but I've really enjoyed it. I think it's uh, it's it's worked really well, and it's had some issues where um, where there've been um, calls that have not been quite right. But all in all, I think it's been a, a, a vast improvement on the game. But going on to this this match, and Newcastle are another team who did really well in in the in the first match against West Ham, but just didn't turn up at, at their own home ground and I think mm. it's because they got they got hit so quick by uh by Mopa uh for for two goals in the in the first seven minutes and I think that just kind of shocked Newcastle and the uh, the 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 players started to get a little bit frustrated and all uh, Shelby got booked pretty early in the match I think in about 10 15 minutes but yeah it was, it was this was just a solid Solid performance by by Brighton. They were brilliant in defence. Ben White again had another outstanding game. If he's mm-hmm. still at Brighton at the end of the season, I will be incredibly shocked because he's just absolutely controls that back line. Uh, but for me, this was about how impressive Lamptey was. Uh, he he ended up going off a, uh, with about an hour gone because he picked up a little knock, but he just tore through. Uh, through Newcastle's uh, midfield and defence, he just he was in in the middle of absolutely everything, and um, just having a more pie on the end to to finish the 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 first couple of goals, and then into the second half, Connolly really really kind of came into his own, had a couple of good shots, crowned it off with a, a very good goal. Um, the the only kind of like fly in the ointment for for. For Brighton was was the sending off right uh, right at the death, uh, a very silly um, attempt at a kind of a, uh, an overhead kick by uh, Bissouma, but mm-hmm. fair play to the guy. He, he took the yellow card, um, th- and then also when when he when the VAR changed the decision to a red card, he took that as well. And his first concern was was that uh, Lewis was all right, so. Fair play to me. It was very silly. There was no malice behind it. Uh, this would have been kind of one of those decisions where I thought maybe a little bit of common sense from from the the referee might have, might have helped. I don't believe it, he meant to to hurt Lewis. Right. I don't believe there was any kind of violent intent. So a booking for me would have been suffice. But the letter of the law is the letter of the law, uh, and it was good that Basuma didn't didn't kind of like kick off about it and mm. and he and he took it with a with a with a plum uh and it, it didn't it didn't ruin the game for for Brighton they didn't go on to lose because of it they they still uh still took the points and they very much deserved the points it was a great great performance mm-hmm. 
Brighton does play Manchester United next Saturday. Uh, does Brighton have anything to fear, or should it rather be a bit of a turn of the tables here, Mags? I think Man United have got everything to fear, mm. to be fair. <laughs> um, yeah, this, um, this, this result will give... Brighton a lot of confidence. I mean, they weren't even bad against Chelsea. They they were they had certainly had the bright spots. Uh, Trossard's uh, goal was was absolutely brilliant. Um, I don't think any team is is scared of anyone really. To be mm. fair, because of because of how we mentioned, there's there's no kind of like cauldron of of, uh, of, of angry home fans who are who are vying for your blood anymore. Mm. Uh, and and United haven't given any reason to be scared of them. They, 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 they were lackluster over this weekend. Um, yeah, I think Brighton will be looking at maybe this is the perfect time to be facing Man United. I think that it is. And I think that um, I, I just wish that you, that your Burnley team had had a chance to take a crack at this Manchester United team right now because I think that would have been perfect timing for you guys. <laughs> well, we'll... we'll uh... We'll see how we do against Leicester. In fact, it's now to, it's now coming up to half time, and I'm going to risk actually checking the scores because, for context, I'm I'm not watching the Burnley game because I'm recording here. Of uh, course, yeah, that's because I'm committed, <laughs> and it's one apiece. Oh, Harvey Ooh. Barnes, who I absolutely rinsed last last week for his woeful uh, woeful uh, sh- shooting. He scored, but well, that's because he listens. To, as well. th- that's because he listens to Radio Techers, Mags. Um, I think yeah, he he it, heard it, what we had to say, and you know, it's, it's very obvious he needed to change, and he's and he's done so. As did Everton, like <laughs> I said, Everton, Everton, uh, Richarlison, his his his, uh, his shooting was woeful as well. But Everton put someone in there to 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 finish his. His uh, his shots and, and it works. So yeah, we we know what we're talking about on here. We may sound like a couple of idiots, but <laughs> on the sly, we know what we're talking about. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, let's move on here to um, the thing that makes me happiest this weekend. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Uh, there has been a lot of hype about uh, Chelsea and their transfer activity, and 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 good on them, you know, because they uh, they, they deserve it. They've they've committed a lot of money to rebuilding the squad. Um, we've we've talked about it. Your son is a big Chelsea fan, um, and I think that um, there's a lot to be expected and a lot to be promised out of this Chelsea team. I really really like the direction that they're going here. Um, however, what is a little bit, um, concerning here is that Liverpool really took them behind the shed this week and Chelsea didn't have an answer for it. Well, I think it was a, this was another game of two halves. I think the Mm. first half was incredibly competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, it it all boiled down to the sending off. The sending off made Mm -hmm. all the difference. Um, I thought that uh, when we spoke about, uh, uh, behind the scenes about uh, Fabinho being uh, centre back, mm-hmm. and you were kind of like you had concerns that uh, that maybe that wasn't a, a, a good idea, especially coming up against Timo Werner. Well, we have like a kind mm-hmm. of a meme here in the UK, um, and it, it goes something like this. Uh, so when Fabinho uh, goes home after the match and he uh, 
he's going to bed, he takes his, his trousers off, he empties his pockets and he'll find in it his keys, <laughs> his wallet, his phone, and he'll find Timo Werner in there as well because he had Timo Werner <laughs> wrapped up for 90% of this game. It was, I think he had a, an outstanding performance at centre-back and mm-hmm. I think whilst he, I wouldn't want him there all the time, mm-hmm. he did He did really well to, to fill in. Um, yeah, it was a, a brilliant performance and just the... The way that the, the the tide turned after the sending off was 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 unreal. Uh, Mane right. just absolutely lethal, uh, and two two goals that were essentially Kepa's fault again. Uh, mm-hmm. We spoke last week about him being the very much the weak link in 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 the 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 Chelsea side, and yet again he proved it. He didn't look confident at all. Um, I think Kai Havertz again had another quiet game. Yes. Um, let's expand on that real quick here if you don't mind mags um kai Kai havertz only really had one half to play uh before they switched tactics around based on uh the sending off of christensen um but i think there was a lot of expectation from commentary and uh, from myself i think and and this is what really made me worried about chelsea was that liverpool were going to play a lot a, a lot more open and that uh, Kai Havertz would eventually find space to really take advantage of of, of, of Liverpool. Um, that did not happen here today. Um, so I guess what what is um, what's eating at Kai Havertz? I think it's it's a lot of what we covered in 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 last week's show. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes the players do take a few games to to kind of get used to it. This this mm-hmm. is a young guy playing in a foreign country mm-hmm. with uh, people who he doesn't really know uh, in a system that he's, he's kind of not used to. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to take some time. And um, coming up against a, a team like Liverpool, who who essentially is, was the same team that, that won the league last season, uh, they all kind of have that sixth sense of, of playing together, um, especially after they, they kind of showed up the, the defensive issues that they had against Leeds. The the, the defence was a very much very much more structured. They, uh, I think Fabinho and Van Dijk really worked well to to control uh, Mount and Werner. Um, I just think Havertz is just going to take a little bit of time and, mm-hmm. and that's, that's understandable for a, mm-hmm. a, a kid of his age. Right, of course. I I really want to just kind of soothe the fears that 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 Chelsea fans out there may have because you truly do have a world class player, uh, one of a kind player in Kai Havertz, and 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 I look forward to seeing what he can do in the future. Uh, just not to my team. That's that's all. He <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> can do it from now on. From the next game, he can go and get a hat trick. To this game, you're just glad that he didn't. Exactly. Um, now uh, we'll we'll stay with Chelsea just for a little bit longer. Um, it does seem as though, from what we we've talked about this before, and I get that, but um, we we discuss how how Kepa is just not the right goalkeeper to take Chelsea forward. Um, and it seems like what the doctor has ordered is a new goalkeeper, and it seems like one very well might be on their way. Mags Mindy from Wren. Um, what yeah. what do you know of this player? I know that he's about five inches taller than uh, than Kepa. I know that he's uh, he's absolutely got uh, mountains and mountains of confidence. 
And I know that he's got a link with Chelsea through uh, Petr Cech. Petr Cech came to Chelsea from Wren. So there's there's that link there. Um, I think he's just a uh, hundred times better keeper than, than Kepper is. Mm. Okay. Well, good. I, I hope that that, that that soothes Chelsea's needs going forward because uh, you can put the checkbook away. Like, it's fine. Like, like everything's... <laughs> It's 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 good. Everything looks good for y'all right now. Um, speaking of checkbooks, uh, Liverpool. Uh, we had previously made note um, that they they were not spending money because their their salary structure is all sorts of booked. Um, well, it seems as though they found where the rest of the money is. Uh, they've made <laughs> out uh, a couple of great purchases uh, with uh, Thiago Alcantara finally being wrapped up. Um, on Thursday, uh, with uh, Diogo Jota also uh, being, I guess, uh, I guess it was Friday actually. Thiago Alcantara was was yeah. done, and then um, uh, also on Friday there was the rumors rumbling that Diogo Jota would be headed to Anfield as well, and he was unveiled uh, on Saturday. Um, it seems the Liverpool have figured out that they can make payments in installments to clubs, but Mags. Um, how revolutionary is this particular form of transfer business? A, like a pound a week for, for five million weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, the, the Jota signing came from absolutely nowhere. Mm. Uh, and literally, the we we heard the rumors, and then less than 24 hours later, it was confirmed a signing. So... Um, Klopp did well to play his cards very, very close to his chest, especially when you, you compare it to the the very protracted uh, transfer of, of uh, Thiago Alcantara. Mm-hmm. It was very, very, yeah, shocking that we we've been saying all, all this time that Liverpool really do need to to balance the books, and all of a sudden they've got they've got seventy million pounds worth of players coming in, in and and nobody going out as of yet. Um I have heard that the that the the board have said that about six players are probably gonna have to go, which makes sense. Uh and I, I like the the kind of way that Liverpool's uh board um uh, uh, are, are acting in terms of this. I don't like the fact that clubs can come and spend hundreds and hundreds of millions of, of pounds and essentially buy a trophy. I like the way that that Liverpool are, are financially solvent. They're um, they they're not uh, a, a club that's going to get themselves in mountains and mountains of debt to win a trophy. Uh, it's very a very very sensible way of of, uh, of dealing. Um, but I, I'd like to ask you, how do you think? Uh, Alcantara did when he when he came on at half time. Well, I think that he did string together a lot of great runs of play. I I, I will say that he certainly proved his class, and I think that uh, you and I had to, had spoken in the DMs. What exactly is Thiago Alcantara's best position? Um, I argued that he can certainly fit in as an eight, and I think that was your that was to your point as well. Um, but I think where we differed is that you could see you saw him being an eight to a ten more advanced. I guess he like like going more more offensively in the run of play, um, and, and and I had discussed him maybe being more of a six in the same kind yeah. of um, mold as maybe a uh, um, almost like a like a Pirlo or a Xabi Alonso or uh, yeah. you know Busquets. I know those are very different kinds of players to play in that position, um, but um, I, I, that's exactly where they seem to have put him is right there at the sixth spot. 
and um, mm-hmm. he was controlling the tempo. He made them look very dangerous, and at no point ever did it feel like, even when he was higher up on the pitch, did it ever seem like there was any danger there. Um, as you noted there, he, um, he did play a part in a potential penalty <laughs> um, uh, that uh, that was deflected by Allison. Um, so that that was good. Um, but um, I liked what I saw. Obviously, I, I think that it it fits very very well, and um, I think it gives Klopp and Liverpool as a whole a, a whole another tool to use, a whole another a whole another thing, uh, a piece in their puzzle, a whole another uh, trick up their sleeve um, whenever they need it. So um, whether Thiago uh, plays higher, uh, you know, plays at the six, or whether he stays as an eight, I think that. Uh, He's definitely going to control that left-hand side of the field, uh, no matter yeah. who he's up against. And 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 the good thing for for Liverpool is whichever position he feels the most comfortable in, they've got players who can support and and pick up the 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 slacking in either the the defensive or the the attacking uh, side of it. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think he he came on and he did really really well. I think he. Uh, uh, aside from the, the the penalty, you you hit the nail pretty much on the head. He, he came in and he controlled the game and he he brought a, a calmness with him to to Liverpool. Um, when he was on the ball, uh, you you knew that that Liverpool were going to be dangerous, and and he certainly is going to improve over over the season. And for for a first forty five minutes, I think he did exceptionally well, and is it's going to be. It's going to be amazing watching him come. And uh, when I was watching um, the match, the commentator said that uh, he's the kind of player that it doesn't even matter what club that he signs for. The fact that you've got a player of his of his stature and his quality in the in the Premier League just shows dividends about about the league itself. Uh, but obviously, for you, you're you're way more happy that he's in a he's in a Liverpool shirt than than maybe a Man United one. I'll, I'll just say this: I changed the background on my phone, so I'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> at least you didn't sing that horrific song that that people were singing. Oh no, that's going in the song. That's going in the episode title. Um, we're, we'll, we'll be wet. <laughs> we'll be doing. I saw that, that and, and I, I cringed <laughs> so bad that, that my teeth were on the outside. It was horrific. <laughs> Oh goodness! Um, so th- that's not their only bit of transfer business. Uh, Diogo Jota he went uh, to Anfield as well from Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, it does appear as though uh, Minamino um, has that false nine to left or right hand side of the pitch locked up here. Um, we have seen uh, Jordan Shakari kind of be somewhat absent. Uh, over the last year, um, is is Jota's arrival uh, uh, going to see Shakiri uh, go elsewhere? It seems as though he his name might be on that list of outgoings. It could possibly uh, be. Um, I think that he's been brought in as backup to the the front three, but also as potential replacement for one of them. Um, because if you are spending. 70 million in a day that money needs clawing back from somewhere and there's a lot of uh, a lot of big hitters uh hovering around the the liverpool uh front line i i honestly still think that we may see uh one of one of them at least uh go on a go on a trip to uh 
the sunny shores of Spain. Uh, I hate to break your heart here, Mags. Uh, <laughs> Diogo Jota is a very promising young player. He's very, very good. They've invested a lot of money in their future. Um, I, I think that um, in in Minamino and now in Jota, they've got two very competitive and two players who could certainly play um, on either wing or up through the middle um, if they need to sub off Firmino. And I think that's something that they've been missing dearly uh, in seasons prior. Um, uh, One last thing here. It was also merging late Friday night or Saturday and also Saturday morning a little bit. Uh, Ozan Kabak um, from uh, Schalke uh, in the Bundesliga. Uh, He might be making... Uh, a move over to Anfield as well. We've previously discussed Ben White as being somebody who you might got need. Quiet. It got quiet. You went very quiet then. Oh, I can I can still hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, you can hear me now. Okay, good deal. Um, Ozan Kabak. He's he's coming he's coming to Anfield potentially, uh, maybe uh, as an alternative to Ben White. Uh, what do you know of Ozan Kabak and where? Uh, I mean, would you prefer him over Ben White at all, Mags? Um, I'd prefer Ben White. I think Ben White's proving that he can he can do it in the in the Premier League. He had a, an outstanding season uh last season in the championship and he's really made that step up with Brighton this season. Mm-hmm. Uh my my issue would be Schalke have not exactly been the the strongest uh defensive team in a in a league that that isn't really renowned for for having a need for a strong defensive team. I think I think it's a risk um, now, dependent on price. I think uh, Ben White's going to obviously cost a premium because he's English. Mm. Um, so, it, it, is it worth that risk? Uh, he, he's, a, he's an international, so the, he has got he has got uh, that quality about him. Mm. Um, I would prefer for Liverpool a Ben White, mm-hmm. but I, I can totally understand the reasoning go to go for someone maybe a little bit cheaper. If, I think if Liverpool can work out a deal for Ben White, which I think that he's obviously the man that they really, really want more more than more than just any center back. Um, if they do go for Ben White, they're going to have to convince Brighton of the same kind of deal that they made for Jota, where it's in installments, as yeah. whether or not Brighton can agree to that. I think that it's, it's kind of only fair for Liverpool to to try and approach the market this way because their Premier League winnings are coming in installments, so it's hard mm-hmm. to work with it. Whereas if you look at the Chelseas and the Manchester Cities and even the Manchester Uniteds in the past, all of their Premier League winnings are paid not um, not instantly but they they are paid in quite a large lump sum um yeah. so i mean I, I it makes rational sense to me the way that liverpool's operating in their in their business here yeah it, it it's sensible uh and as a fan i suppose it can get frustrating because you're not seeing uh clubs spending huge sums of money like like the likes of uh, Chelsea have and, and the likes mm. of Man United are, are, are known mm. to do. Uh, I can see, I can understand it being frustrating, but it's it's a sensible tactic to make sure your club is financially solvent for for the next decade, rather than kind of like spending to chase that that one trophy. Uh, mm-hmm. In terms of uh, in in terms of um, Ozan, it's 
he's, he's, it's touted that he's going to be signing for around twenty three million, which is less than half that that uh, that it will cost to get Ben White. So financially, it does make a a lot of sense. It's just we know the quality of Ben White. We know the performances putting in in. Let's be honest, a very a weaker team in Brighton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think with uh, with the likes of uh, Robertson, with the likes of uh, Van Dijk, I think he would absolutely flourish at Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is he is he have Liverpool got the the finances to to punt fifty million at him? Right, and, and I think, like I said, it it, ha- it would have to ne- almost necessarily. Like it would be out of necessity, rather, uh, for them to have to go through the installment uh, kind of mm-hmm. route with Brighton, and uh, hopefully they don't have much of an issue with that. Um, I, I would think that Ben White would be a great partner to have uh, for for Joe Gomez as well. Maybe he can actually get Gomez to settle down some um, a, a little bit and, and and not play as high up on the in the pitch, um, you know, because um, because that could be a future uh, England pairing. That could be a future Liverpool. Uh, uh, spine foundation there Um, Ben White and Gomez in the future Um, as much as I love Big Verge uh, nothing lasts forever right he he will retire one day and we got to make sure that all the chips are in line Um, uh, that being said Mags uh, I think that that's more than enough football talk this week Uh, let's kind of uh, bring things on home here uh, with top bins as well as player of the show um, it's been a very competitive week, uh, as far as yeah, both awards can go. Who do you got here for uh, top bins and player of the, uh, we'll, we'll start with uh, top bins goal, of the, goal of the show here, Mags. Yeah. Um, to be fair, there were, there weren't that many kind of outstanding solo efforts. Uh, it was very much a lot of, uh, team-based goals and a lot of that, uh, close range finishers, um, but two goals that, that stood out for me were both from the same team, uh, from um, West Brom. Uh, the the Grady Diangana run, uh, where he, he he opened the scoring, he, he basically took on the defence on his own, uh, and then dipped his uh, his his shot just beyond Pickford for mm. uh, for the first goal. So I think I'm going to go with that one. I think I'm going to go with uh, Diangana. I think that's a wonderful pick, Mags. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, y- y- well, y- pr- to preface this here, on, on previous editions of uh, Top Bins, you've told me that I have a penchant for a long-range screamer, and that is still true. Um <laughs> You know, uh, <laughs> I do like those highlight real goals. Um, this one here, actually, I'm, I'm going with uh, Saudi Amane uh, and his header against Chelsea. Um, it, it obviously, it vanquished a big rival wow. of, of Liverpool's. It uh, it was a wonderfully taken header, a very Gerard-esque uh, uh, AC Milan header. Um, it was perfectly placed. Um, so I, I got to go with my main man, Saudi Amane. <laughs> Definitely no bias in that pick whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> there will be no bias with my player of the week. I promise you that. It 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 was a well taken goal. It really was. Um, best goal of the week, probably not. But I understand it. It was a it was a 
<laughs> it was a, a great goal for you. I bet it. I bet it calmed a lot of nerves uh, to get that first goal on 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 the score sheet. So yeah, mm-hmm. fair play. I, I'm go. I'm going with it based on the importance. I, I think that it's uh, <laughs> you know it's, it's important uh, with this kind of tie so early on in the season. I think it's got a big implication. Um, so I guess with that, uh, player of the show, Mags. Now, <laughs> yesterday, if we were doing, if we were picking this yesterday, I would have had to go with Calvin Lewin. I think uh, he just was outstanding. He played, he played the, his role as the, as the target forward to perfection. He was uh, he was first at the at the at the loose ball every single time, but then. Son showed up and absolutely give us a clinic on 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 finishing, um, and and then we've got Kane who who gave us a clinic on on being the 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 perfect target man and 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 also being so uh, unselfish as a as a striker, which is a very rare thing nowadays. Mm. Uh, but I think I've got to go with Son. You can't not get four goals and not be the player of the week for me. So yeah, I've I've got to go with Son. Unsurprisingly, this is going to lead to a Radio Techers first, where Mags and I agree on Player of the Week. <laughs> um, Son is, I mean, he played out of his skin. Like, like no yeah. player played better than him this week. That, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that is, that's the case. Like, that's, that's just a fact. Um, it's almost very, dare I say, Arshavin-esque for him to, to, to put up four goals here. Um, and he, he was definitely very much uh, controlling the game uh, in that second half. And uh, yeah, just beautifully well done uh, with him and Harry Kane. It was a good partnership. Uh, but I, I, again, I think that he um, he's going to be very, very important for this Tottenham team going forward. And he absolutely showed why uh, with this game today. Yeah, I totally agree, and he, he's so underrated, uh, and I don't mean that in terms of people don't enjoy watching him play or mm-hmm. they don't they don't like him. He's just he doesn't get the the kind of recognition for for things like this. It's and it's, it's not the first time he's he's took a game by the scruff of the neck and mm-hmm. and and won it almost single handedly. Uh, He's he's such a good good player. It's 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 scary how good he is. Imagine him playing in in that Liverpool front front three, replace <laughs> Bobby Firmino with uh with uh, Son Heung-min. Look, I did you a huge favor by not making Thiago Player of the Week. I mean, <laughs> oh my God, you could give me a bone here. The audacity, the audacity <laughs> of doing that. That would have been that, a very bold move of mine. Yes, I absolutely agree. I, I would, I would have, I would have had to do a bad land. I would have had to veto that pick because that would have been hard faced. Oh yes, indeed. Um, well. Megs, we've had a wonderful time here today. I, I at least I have. I know you have. Um, I, I I know that you're you're itching to go and catch this Burnley game. Um, what what else do we have? Do we have anything else that we need to tell the nice people at home? Yeah, to 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 hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Just yeah, get on board with, with Radio Techers because we're having a ball doing this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're having a ball being part of the the uh, shooting the sports ish team. It's it's so fun, and we're hoping that comes across. Uh, leave leave some comments in in the in the the box below. Uh, let us know what you thought. Let us know your player of the week and and your uh, uh, top bins mm-hmm. because we're all about that feedback. 
Uh, yeah, and follow me on Twitter if you if you wish at DJ Kurtber. Uh, you'll find me in there usually arguing about wrestling uh, or now football. It seems to have, uh, have taken over my life. Uh, Watching three games in a row, Jesus Christ. I haven't done that for, for years. Uh, but, yeah, we're having absolutely loads of fun, and we're hoping that comes across. Absolutely, absolutely. I, uh, I I watched all four games yesterday somehow, and, and I was like, I, I I can't remember the last time that I did that. This this, this was crazy. Um, so, yeah, yeah, as Mags pointed out, follow us on Twitter at Radio Techers, R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. Uh, we are part of the Shooting the Sports-ish network, so if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button there, as well as the thumbs up and the bell for all notifications here regarding not only what we are doing here at Radio Techers, but there's a huge team here that really works well together. Uh, you've got uh, you've got Tony and Steven doing... Uh, uh, Southern Showdown, which has been amazing. Uh, new show, uh, The Sports Market with Cam has been awesome. Raw Views with Steven, uh, which I'll, I'll be do- making a small little cameo there, so make sure to check that out. Ooh, Ooh spicy. Um, <laughs> quick, quick Slants and uh, uh, Hoop, there it is. Obviously with... Takes uh, on Stakes, one of my favorite shows. Takes on Stakes. Yes, if you're into sports betting, uh, yeah, uh, Tom is doing great stuff over there with uh, Takes on stakes and he's doing a, an emmy special so if you uh if you like the emmys uh if you want to play put bets on the emmys make sure to check that out and uh there just happens to be also this little show called uh five rounds podcast uh five rounds uh that i highly recommend i check that out for all of my mma news and coverage who does that show mags that would be me <laughs> and my son carlos me <laughs> <laughs> yes five rounds has been one of my favorites for a long long time and so i'm, I'm super oh, happy for i appreciate you. that absolutely man um well yeah like i said uh make sure to obviously subscribe wherever you're listening to this show um whether you're listening to it on the shooting the sports ish network on podcasts if you're if you're listening to it uh, or watching us here on youtube fantastic subscribe there uh or if you just happen to be listening to this on the radio techers channel itself uh make sure to uh hit that subscribe button leave us a rating and review of where you listen to podcasts and then hit us up on twitter at radio techers r-a-d-i-o-t-e-k-k-e-r-s i am the texas gentlemen you can find more of my stuff over at headlock talk where i also talk about pro wrestling um it's a good time great memories um has some hot and spicy takes over there as well Yes, there were some quite spicy takes this week so uh so if you like pro wrestling you can definitely get on down there um well mags uh it's been a pleasure as always getting a chance to speak with you i guess we'll have another chance to talk on wednesday where we'll cover the rest of the games maybe even uh maybe i'm talking with a little bit more news and uh maybe some international stuff too who knows Hmm. Yeah, we've got an in- international break coming up in a in a couple of weeks as well. So we'll be bringing uh, some some kind of new segments and 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 new um, new ideas to the show. So yeah, definitely keeping uh, keep your eye out for that. Yes, indeed. Um, well, uh, like I said, I am the Texas gentleman Tanner Pruitt. As always, with me here, Sir Mags. Mags, let's say goodnight to the nice people. Good night, you nice people. Good night.